0: Blog Talk Radio Let
1: me tell you something We need good, solid leadership That's what we need We need the church to lead, but it doesn't We need parents to lead, but they don't We need siblings, older siblings to lead, but they don't We need people lead on our job, but they don't. In every part of society, we need leadership.
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, Spotlight Thursday. A very unique topic tonight, as what you've just heard, is Pastor Rose Banks, pastor of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. And I'll tell you, the words speak for themselves. And tonight we deal with a very important issue regarding Pastor Rose Banks at Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. How is it, as we talked the other night, on the outreach of Pastor Banks in this church, why and how do that, does it happen that they become a target of an investigation that makes absolutely no sense? This is not a church, a mega church that is doing things illegally, but a church that stands above reproach. How then do they become a target in the bullseye for an attack of injustice? We deal with that tonight, folks. Hang on to your seats as we get ready to tackle this topic. AJC Radio kicks off right now. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I am Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, William Williams, and the entire AJC Radio team. And folks, tonight you heard Pastor Banks address a very important issue the need of leadership. We deal with the outreach, a few things. There are so many things that Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has done in reaching out to community and reaching out and extending the hand of kindness to everyday citizens. And tonight, again, we address that issue. We're going to focus on a few things, programs uh, that the church has been doing. Uh, We're going to let you hear from the folks that are actually behind that outreach that was inspired by Rose Banks. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, this is awesome, awesome stuff. And then we're going to get into the conversation where the RP6 actually uh, are tied into this story, who are also members of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. And uh, I guarantee you, folks, it's going to be a humdinger. Hang on to your seats. Lisa, the disclaimer for our listeners, please.
3: Yes, we just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend time with us this evening.
2: And thank you for that, Lisa. And uh, as we were talking prior to the program, you know what? We live in a world of of huge injustice. Um, When the innocent become targets of injustice, you have a major problem. When a church in a community for 35 years has been a pillar of outreach and of strength in the community, becomes a target, there is a problem. And it means none of us are safe if a church in good standing, in a, in a church that is over the, who is set, honestly, the bar of reaching out and giving back, becomes a target. Do any of us stand a chance from not being victim to this system? Cliff, your thoughts on that uh, as we get ready to get into this conversation.
4: Well, I completely agree. I mean, you look at if somebody good is doing something and, and uh, you know, they're being targeted, then, you know, how, do, how does everybody else, you know, uh, you know, how will they be treated? And for the federal government to target people who are doing good, who are reaching out, uh, such as Rose Banks, Pastor Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship, reaching out to the community, to the people that, uh, you know, that are members of the church, that are not members, those that are needy, the homeless, the military families. If she gets targeted, then what kind of chance does everybody else stand? And Dennis, your thoughts on that as
2: we get ready to dig into this one? Uh, it, it really really brings a sense of outrage uh, that we live in a time where the institution of church, uh, where, where in which our founding fathers banked a lot of its decision-making on the foundation of the church. Uh, how, how troubling is this, Dennis? It's, it's very troubling. I mean, again— uh, you got an outreach program with a pastor at the at the forefront, uh, reaching out to this community and touching lives in ways I've never seen, and uh, and then to become a target uh, of our federal government, I mean to me that's just sad. Because again, like you alluded to, uh, it's disrespectful. I mean, you, here you got something going that's good, and you're going to try to put something in the way to hamper it, or to to stop it, or to impede. I mean, that shows you that uh, truly, truly uh, uh, our government got some problems, and we we definitely need to get into it and say, hey, the injustice has to stop. No, absolutely. Uh, William, your thoughts on this as we get ready to, uh, again, a special Spotlight Thursday, not only on uh, Pastor Rose Banks, but also the targeting and the injustice that any church, any community, any outreach can be subject to that we have learned firsthand Mm, uh, as a result of this. Your thoughts on it?
5: Well, I think it's it's ridiculous. I mean, when you really look at it, you take a step back, this is someone that is leading out in the community, leading out by being an example, touching the lives of people. I mean, making a true impact on people's lives. And so all of a sudden now becomes a target, becomes a target. Why? What for? What was the what's the purpose and the motivation behind it? someone out here doing good works in the community, being an example, but
2: yet you target them,
5: and so what's the, what's the point, you know? Well,
2: I, I can tell you what the point is, William. Right, exactly. It's called the irp 6 There you go. Uh, and I, let me let me change that language. Uh, the target first is Pastor Rose Banks.
5: That's right.
2: When no wrongdoing was found, which we have alluded to tonight, all the good things that are going on which we will allude to tonight, uh, they needed a fall guy. The fall guy happened to be six IT professionals that were targeted. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's a conspiracy at the highest level, uh, and we're going to address that issue when the the United States government begins to take action uh, in order to convict and to create a theory of a crime that never existed. And the pawn in, in the hand of the prosecution is a 71 year old pastor with 35 years of service to this community unacceptable? Absolutely unacceptable. And we're going to go ahead and deal with those issues. Folks, if you want to get in on the conversation tonight, the phone number is 347 838 8976. That number again is 347 838 8976. Folks, grab a cup of coffee. And uh, whatever your weather might be across the United States of America tonight, whether it's uh, here in Colorado Springs, about 70 degrees, rainy, a little partly sunny out there, uh, dealing with a few issues, grab a beverage as we take off on a journey tonight dealing with a very serious topic, the targeting of Pastor Rosebanks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. Why is the question? But we're going to deal with a couple of good things she's still doing, a few more things we'd like to bring to the attention of the American people As far as outreach, that definitely is making a difference. And then we're going to get into why, after all of this, does she become a target in a major conspiracy theory. We're coming right back, folks. This is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. We're coming right back at you. Hang on in there. We'll be right back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this serves as a personal invitation to you. Let's Talk kicks off July 12th at 7 p.m. at 451 Windshine Place. The new acclaimed series on A&E, 60 Days In, will be the topic. Featuring Sheriff Jamie Knoll talking about the impact this new series is having, not only around the nation, but in his personal life. Join us Tuesday, July 12th at 7 p.m. For further information, call 855 529 4252 extension 710 we'll see you then
3: this is julie how may i help you my husband and i just got in a fight and he hit me
0: with one call you don't have to be a victim anymore
3: these fights are getting worse i don't know what to do with
0: one call you can end the cycle of violence
3: we're glad you called the first thing we want to do is to ensure
6: your safety
0: safety. with one call you can change everything To speak to a domestic abuse victim advocate, contact your local family advocacy program.
7: Over a million people are sitting in the prisons of America for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us in the fight to end mass incarceration. We spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people alternatives to prison like community service drug treatment and rehabilitation costs less and can turn lives around it's time for fair justice it's time for smart justice and we need your help
1: excited
3: to hear about all the great things you can do when you grow up. Hi everyone, I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad, because he's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot, but I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the
0: biggest hero I know because He tells all the ambulances and the fire we where to go and rescue people when there's an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome.
6: He's my dad.
5: If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your civilian career, Voc Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission.
2: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen of America. This is AJC Radio bringing the message of justice all around the world. Tonight, a very special spotlight on Pastor Rosebank's Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. We address two very clear issues. One, the outreach of an organization, Colorado Springs Fellowship, of a pastor, a leader who leads by example in giving back. Tonight, we deal with a, tr- a very troubling question if a person, as Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and its pastor are able to do what they have done in this community to touch the lives of thousands. How do they be- get on the radar of the federal government for harassment and write down injustice? We're going to deal with that tonight, folks. And there are some things we're going to dig into. Uh, but we're going to go to a, we're going to mention just tonight a few things that uh, Pastor Banks the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has reached out uh, a couple of programs. Uh, their uh, senior outreach program we're going to get into that uh the military outreach uh dennis you're very very familiar with that we actually had an opportunity to do an interview uh, you're going to hear that interview regarding that outreach and also willie p uh loving kindness outreach where he has the opportunity to go in communities singing and encouraging people at the very most uh depressed times if you will of, of the year for uh, our country christmas time of course sadness depression Suicide. Uh, that outreach program, singing and lifting people up through the form of music. Uh, we're going to deal with that as well. Uh, a, a brief, uh, uh, a quick uh, update on Pastor Banks, as far as uh, a summary of what we did the other night. Uh, Color uh, Springs Fellowship was founded by Pastor Banks, uh, who was born in in St. Louis, Missouri. Comes from a very uh, I, I don't want to say rags to riches story, but a fairy tale dream from a nightmare to a dream. Uh, A young lady uh, raised in the projects in St. Louis, Missouri, coming up on the other side of the track. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, worked her way up to become that which was the most important, someone that can impact a life. Something that Pastor Banks says on a consistent basis, she has made this statement. If I can help somebody along the way, then my living would not have been in vain. She has lived by that motto. Uh, and coming from the other side of the track, coming from the projects in St. Louis, Missouri, folks, make no mistake about it, uh, that's, not a, that's not an easy ride. Uh, she was able to come up out of that and uh, uh, without question believes without any hesitation uh, that the Lord pulled her and chose her for such an hour as this to be an impact, to, to cause a life-changing situation. Uh, In the lives of thousands of people Uh, Pastor Banks is 71 years old Has been uh, committed to the Lord For over 50 years And I'll tell you this You may not believe this But I'm going to tell you right now Without reproach Without (laughs) any issue Uh, Cliff when you hear that uh, You know what In this day and age Not something that you can easily say About a lot of people uh, But I'll tell you what This pastor has definitely fit that mold that's right. And that's,
4: you know, you hear from, uh, you know, like I said, the testimonies that we'll have on tonight that these people, they echo the same thing, that this is a pastor who has gone out of her way above and beyond what a pastor is called to do uh, to ensure that their lives are uh, are enhanced and enriched and to, you know, ensure that the pain that she has experienced that she knows of, she tries her best to make sure that other people don't have to experience that. You don't find well, for- that a lot. Uh, especially not in churches. Um, you know, you, uh, everybody's heard the story about churches. Everybody has uh, a negative story. All the stories we have are of the positive aspects of what how people's lives have been impacted absolutely. when they come in the path of Colorado Springs Fellowship and Pastor Rosebank. No,
2: oh, absolutely. And they they say these days it's called keeping it 100. Uh, it may say 100, but they're keeping it 100. That means keeping it 100 percent real. Uh, and Pastor Banks has done that. Uh, we're gonna go right now into. Uh, uh, the conversation uh, that we had regarding the military outreach program uh, and let you folks hear a little bit about that and, and what's going on with that. And then we're going to continue again. The discussion tonight is going to be very, very uh, informative. And I think it's going to be something that really helps us take a look really at our system, but also at someone that's doing some things and uh, uh, deserves not uh, harassment, but respect. Exactly. Let's go to that interview about the military outreach right now.
1: Yes, we can thank God for our military families. Having been a military wife for 21 years, I know the sacrifices that are made every day. We are so thankful to God for you to be here today, for all that you've done in our behalf, in the behalf of people that may not never say thank you. We, my husband spent two times in Vietnam. He's no longer with us. He's been passed away the, uh, last month for 19 years. But had he been here, this would have been the special part that he would have loved. Because he loved being a soldier. And I say to the families and to the children of military families that we are so glad that you're here. But you make a tremendous sacrifice. Not just sometime, every time. Every day, whether there's a war or not, you're making a sacrifice. I remember when we were stationed in Germany, uh, my husband, they would... Uh, because we lived off post and, and the a housing area was a, a good way from the base, every so often they would have a a, a drill and to see how fast you could get to the post if there was an emergency. And I was just, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you hear this loud, loud noise just sounding throughout the whole housing area. And I'm telling you, I've never seen my husband move that fast in my life. In a few minutes, he was in boots, uh, ready to go out that door because it was a matter of whether you could get there in time in case of an emergency. So, in the middle of the night, you may have to give your husband up. And so, and you don't know exactly when he's coming back. And so, there are many, many sacrifices. And sometimes even when I gave birth to my children, he was not there. But I am grateful for all of you that are willing to do what you do for our country.
2: Joining us for that discussion, our host, Dennis Merritt. Thank you for joining us, Dennis. Hey, thank you so much, Lamont. Tell us, Dennis, a little bit, as you are involved in this outreach, give me and our listeners Pastor Banks' vision to impact our veterans and to make sure they're not forgotten. Well, Pastor Rose Banks' uh, vision was to uh, make sure our military understood that they're cared for. uh, That them going to war and uh, the lives lost, the separation from family, uh, she truly felt it. It was heartfelt. And she relayed that to a group of us that uh, we need to do something. and, And we need to make sure our military understands that they are truly, truly appreciated and that their sacrifice to this country, uh, she wanted us to make sure that we, we let them know that it was not in vain. And I tell you, it, it's awesome uh, to see what the program has it, it evolved to. And and every first Sunday, well, I was going to ask you about that. There's some things going on very special, right? Tell the folks about that. Every first Sunday, uh, we honor our military. And, and what takes place is uh, we, we, we pray over our military, making sure they understand that, you know, that they're always in our prayers. And so we, we, we say a special prayer for them. And then we read a, a, a poem that is awesome. It calls, it, it, it's called uh, Honoring Our Military. And, it, I mean, it's so heartfelt when, when you read the poem, when you you think about what it says and how it addresses the sacrifices that our military make. Oh, oh! it hits home. Now, uh, Dennis, you've uh, been there on that first Sunday. Uh, I've been told that the entire front of the entire sanctuary in cases is lined up with our military. Is that right? And that is correct. And what uh, do you feel from the soldiers? What do you feel as you in, incorporate Pastor Banks' vision to see these men lined up and Pastor Banks says, and Carl Street Fellowship says, we want to honor you. We want to let you know, thank you. As I said this before, Dennis, if I go anywhere and see a soldier in uniform, I don't care if it's in front of 7-Eleven, Walgreens, King Supers, I take a moment and stop and say thank you for your service. Uh, and you should see the expression on the faces of these soldiers. And they'll reach out and shake my hand. Thank you for that. Pastor Banks has taken it another step. Yes. Uh, And that is to say, we will not only honor you privately, we'll honor you publicly. Exactly. We will say that for the freedoms in which we live under, the freedoms in which we uh, go to sleep at night, is for one reason. Men and women giving their lives on the front lines of battle. As America has seemed to have forgotten veterans, Pastor Banks sets the bar, as I said earlier, to say, we will not do that on my watch. Pastor Banks, 71 years old, lost her husband in 1994. But the passion of what she experienced through that experience with Charles Elliott Banks, Sr., and what she saw and what she experienced gave her a sense of purpose. That purpose meant one thing. I will make a difference. I will reach out, and I believe probably there were a lot of tears at this appreciation. Am I right? Oh exactly and and I want to make sure I uh make sure I get a little specific uh not only did we honor the military the, the 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 soldier the airman the marine but if they were not present or could not be present because they was in war their spouses stood in their stead Oh wow and you're talking about compassion you're talking about uh tears and you know, it's like, why are you doing this? We're doing this because you're you're doing a great thing for our country, and our pastor, uh, along with the church, truly has a love for our military. That's awesome. Uh, you got a couple of quotes there, Dennis, from some of the people who experienced First Sunday uh, and veteran appreciation or military appreciation. Share a few of them with our listeners. Yeah, this is from uh, Lamont E. Townsend. Uh, He's a 16-year vet uh, in the Army. He said it was awesome to be honored by the church because it is the people at the church that I fight and will give my life for. The freedom to worship God, thank you so much. It means a lot more than words can say. And then from uh, Sergeant John Lubilla, 10 years of service, Army, he says thank you for supporting our soldiers This really shows that God's love is manifested in this church. And then from Kia Waters, six years service, she says, I've been in the military for six years. I felt very honored to know that what I do is honored by people who don't see what I do. I'm glad the church and soldiers have a connection because without it, I wouldn't be here right now. Wow. Well, enough spoken there, Dennis, on that issue Ladies and gentlemen of America, let's be very clear here. This is not a fairy tale or a movie or a Hollywood production. This is something that is happening right here in Colorado Springs and abroad. Soldiers that are being reached out to that will never forget about a pastor named Rose Banks who lost sleep at night thinking of what else can I do to impact people's lives in a positive way? I'll tell you right now, we're just getting started. Dennis, thank you so much for those few moments about that outreach program. Every first Sunday at Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, we remember and we honor our veterans. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard an exclusive interview here on AJC Radio about the military outreach program. Uh, being uh, carried out by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and its pastor, doing some good things. And, uh, Dennis, that interview was over, Was really overwhelming. Uh, tears, people are crying. They're saying, thank you. You heard the words of Pastor Banks talking about what she experienced in the military, uh, her husband being in for 20 and a half years. Um, of course, she was married to him for 34 years. So the sacrifices, the uh, international travel, if you will, all of the things that come with the price of being a, a military uh, wife, uh, she has a clear picture and a clear understanding uh, of exactly what it means to be up to appreciate uh, those folks that pay the price today. Your thoughts? And, and she relays that well. And uh, I tell you, I'm so grateful that uh, she came up with the program. I mean, because, uh, you know, one day she just said, hey, we need to do something for our military. And uh, we've been doing it for years now, and I tell you, uh, these soldiers, these 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 wives, these husbands, when they when they're being honored, and they and they see the sincerity, and they see that it's not about anything, but about truly saying thank you for your service, man, they walk out of there amazed, and, and then and Pretty then good. just some of the times when they actually greet the pastor after they're awarded whatever they're awarded, and. Wow, you can see the tears and the excitement, like, oh, wow, thank you so much. Oh, we said this before. uh, This is what is so amazing about it. This is a culture that has been created over 35 years by example. That's what's awesome to me. This is not something that just started a week ago. Exactly. This is a culture for, for, for a congregation or a church outreach program to succeed. It has to be a culture embedded in the building. And in the building, I mean, in the hearts of the people. And this is just, William, when you see that, you see the faces, you see the excitement, you see the military around. Man, somebody really thanks me for what I'm doing. They thank me for what I've done. I said before, Dennis, if I see a a serviceman in any uniform, I don't care if I'm in Walmart, Walgreens, King Supers. I'm going to take a moment and stop and extend my hand and say thank you for your service. That has to mean so much to these oh, men yes, yes. Uh, on that yes, Sunday, yes. William. You've seen it. It, it; it must be really overwhelming. It, it is. I mean, because you watch and you're talking about a lot of soldiers
5: that are standing there, and and, and they're they're there, and and there's st- it's it's amazing. I mean, when you really look at it, you're giving back to them. You're saying thank you, and, and she's leading out in this. She's song saying, thank you for the service to the country, fighting for the freedoms of our country. And, and it's amazing. I mean, you see them, and they're saying, why? 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 I mean, because if you, if you really look at it today, we depend on our military a lot. We depend on them a lot, and how often they're not appreciated. No, and so. that's what she's doing. Well, and
2: again, look, there's no better teacher than life experience— her life experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's just awesome. Uh, and, and we say, look, what an outstanding program. And, again, folks, we don't have the time to even go into the details, if you will, uh, of all of the outreach programs that are there. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there's some good things happening. Uh, and right now, uh, we, we had talked earlier. Uh, now, we talk about the veteran situation and how people looked at, but we mentioned earlier about Willie P. He's a, a song leader uh, in Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. Uh, And, you know, everybody knows the power of music, the power of song, especially, you know, you may not even be a Christmas guru, if you will. But somebody comes around and you start hearing some Christmas carols, you start hearing some some spirituals and all that stuff. It kind of tends to to pump you up even in the moment of uh, some sadness uh, that's actually going on. So I think those are very, very important uh, things that are uh, uh, that are happening. So I think I think our position primarily is to uh, to, to focus on those parts, uh, to focus on those issues uh, and, and continue, uh, continue, continue to do that. Dennis, go ahead. Yeah. And I just wanted to make uh, mention another thing about the, uh, you know, the outreach outreach program to the military sure. uh, every Sunday. You know, when we do this every first Sunday, sure. uh, there's a package that is given out. And in that packet, uh, there's a fifty dollar bill uh, dinner for two. Wow, a gas card, and then of course a certificate, you know, saying that we appreciate their service. And I tell you, well, that sounds that's like a, that sounds for every every individual. person,
5: every individual.
2: Wow, and then after that we do the raffle, and I tell you the raffle is even. Uh, this is gonna blow your mind. and this is every first Sunday. Okay. After that we do a raffle, and then that raffle, uh, whoever has the ticket. Uh, every time so far it's been for $1,000. Hold up. Stop the presses, <laughs> folks. Uh, hold up. And that comes from <laughs> the pastor. Ab- wow. Now, that's not the church. The church does everything as far as the packet itself. But our pastor felt it so, you know, she I said, ne- we've got to I- do more. I need you to stop. It is awesome. Because apparently, i I've, I've, <laughs> folks, we've apparently hit the twilight zone. Uh, something unusual <laughs> doesn't happen. Did you say past the pastor? Yes. Gives a thousand dollars every first Sunday every to the winner. Every first Sunday to the winner. Pastor Banks, pastor. take a bow wherever the you pastor. might Don't be. Don't come, come out! Made. Don't the come pastor. out of the church. It's not. It's not out of the church offering. There we go. It, it, it comes directly from the pastor. I tell you, this pastor truly has a love for our military, and I tell you, well, she shows it. You know, you heard the old saying: the proof is in the pudding. Doesn't matter what flavor that pudding is, folks. <laughs> pastor Banks. Set, look, look, just, just stop the presses again out of her own pocket, her own sacrifice, and her own heart's treasure. Says, I will step above and do this. I don't know who is doing that. I, I, I said it the other night. I'll say it again. The bar has been set. Pastor Banks getting it done. Folks, don't go anywhere. Stop and just take a moment to say, Wow. And it gets more than that. We're going to come back with the other outreach programs, the senior program, as well as Willie P. singing to lift the hearts of the downtrodden. We're coming back, folks, here on AJC Radio as we continue this special spotlight edition on Pastor Rose Banks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. We'll be right back.
3: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
8: I wanted to be in the military since since I was a kid. I served in the United States Air Force.
0: I served a total of 16 years.
8: I was deployed uh, 13 times. On well, my second deployment, four bombs that hit my vehicle. And at 19 years old, that's the first time I
4: ever saw somebody die.
1: Coming back, I was raging.
4: I started having
6: pretty
8: horrible nightmares. I would wake up in the middle of the night, sweats. I started drinking a lot. I felt worthless.
6: I guess I never recognized
8: it in myself. Eventually, one day, I just walked into the VA hospital and said I'd like to see somebody.
4: Don't suffer alone. You got to find that link with somebody that'll make you let it go.
8: It all starts with going to the VA. There's a whole community of veterans that just want to help you out. It's for the guys who couldn't come back, so you owe it to them to live well because they're not here with their families. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company.
3: I can run a successful business.
8: I can manage your home improvements.
6: I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience.
3: I can put my military experience to work for your company.
5: I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line.
6: I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee.
5: But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity.
3: If you don't recognize my talents and ability.
8: If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open
5: mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you
0: do? You can remember that it worked.
5: It's what people can do. It's what people can do that
0: matters.
4: Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at
6: whatcanyoudocampaign.org.
2: And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen of America. You tell you what, folks? You arrived right at, at a destination tonight that is that is really the unusual. Uh, and we've been talking about and and Dennis that uh, last segment, Pastor Rosebanks uh, giving out of her own sacrifice and giving and helping and reaching. Wow is the word, and you know what? That doesn't do it justice. Not at all. Uh, As we talk about the military outreach program here in Colorado Springs, that's affected. And my understanding, really quick before we go off of that, uh, the entire front of the church is lined with soldiers. Yes. Uh, That has to be a good, good look. And uh, I'll tell you what, we salute the church and Pastor Banks for her personal sacrifice. Uh, Wow. I mean, how happy to go to church on a Sunday
4: uh, and uh, leave with that. And, you know, when we talk to a lot of the military people there on uh, on that are there on those military Sundays, yeah. their response is that they have never been treated like this by a church, that they've never felt appreciated by the community when they come back from the war zone or that their families have sacrificed. They've never had uh, any group in the community treat them like this to where they felt like as soldiers putting their life on the line giving their life for their country that they were actually appreciated like wow. this. and like say you know people come up to them where they're at see them in uniform and say thank you for your service but to reach out give them a uh you know a, a packet of love and say we want to more than just say words here's something uh for you to say that we appreciate what you do and on numerous occasions Uh, That has been their response that we have never felt this type of of caring from the community such that we feel at Colorado Springs Fellowship. Well, well, I'll tell you this. This is an old newsletter from Colorado Springs Fellowship back in
2: 1995. Uh, This has been some years back. Listen to what they say here. Uh, It says you're about to read a truly remarkable and awe-inspiring story. It may even sound like a fairy tale. It is about an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. A nobody who became somebody, a dreamer who has made not only her own dreams come through, but others' dreams as well. If we are boasting, then you will see that it is a boast to have known such an unselfish person as Rosemarie Banks, and to have been touched by her caring heart. And it says here, listen to this next statement. Hopefully you will learn that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. That is profound. <laughs>
0: that
2: is and I believe it speaks exactly... To Pastor Rosebanks and what we have seen here, exactly, uh, you cannot love without giving. Do <laughs> so you understand that? That's awesome. I thought that that that, and this is from 1995. This foundation, this thought of this pastor tells you one thing. Pastor Rosebanks has not changed
4: not who at she all. is. Not at all. If
2: anything, she has grown even further exactly. in, that, in that motto. I thought that was very profound. Again, you go back to 1995, and that's the talk that was going on about Pastor Banks. It, it, look, listen, this is extraordinary, uh, I believe, what's going on with this ministry uh, and the outreach. Again, the outreach to community is just over the top, uh, overwhelming. Uh, every positive adjective you can use, it's there. Uh, But right now, we're going to deal with one topic. Uh, We were talking about Willie P., uh, has been in the ministry for some years, uh, has a voice of an angel. And I'll tell you what, he sings, but he sings from his heart. That's right. Uh, We had an interview with him uh, in regards to another outreach that, uh, and again, folks, these are just a few. You don't have a lifetime to tell and get into every outreach that has been started in 35 years uh, uh, by Pastor Banks from the College Sing Fellowship Church. Let's go to that interview with Willie P., of what the impact of this outreach in lifting hearts that are downtrodden means to him in this outreach.
1: I want to preach a little while this morning. From the beginning of time, God had always planned that the church would be a light, that we would shine in a dark world that we would be the way out of the world's darkness. Having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your lawns girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to preach to you a little while this morning. Don't whine about how long you've been standing. But we've got to go through some stuff. You can't give in. You can't give up. You've got to keep standing. See, you're not going to win a war and stand strong unless you have what it takes.
2: What vision did you see that Pastor Banks had that brought about uh, implementing what you do as far as your part of the outreach? Explain it to our listeners.
7: Yes, Lamont. You know, the pastor implemented a program called the Loving Kindness Program. And me as a singer, you know, I looked and I wondered, you know, what can I do and how can I be a part of that program? And a group of us, you know, a group of guys, you know, we got together and we implemented a name called the Loving Kindness, uh, the Voices of Loving Kindness. And so we went out throughout the community up on the direction of uh, uh, Pastor Rose Banks, who is a very warm, uh, loving, kind, I mean, just genuine person that loves people and, she instilled in us to go out and make a difference in the community you know to show love to show that you know love is still alive in the world today, yeah. and yeah. we basically went out you know when we you know we go on the corner uh downtown and 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 we sing you know we sing carols we sing at christmas time we sing you know gospel songs throughout you know throughout the uh throughout the year. Uh, for the most part, and people are so receptive to what we're doing. Okay, well, question.
2: When Pastor Banks uh, brought this, uh, my sense of Pastor Banks is a sense of urgency, Yes. but a sense of feeling that we must act now. Yes. I would presume that is the burden that she carries to yes. make a difference yes. uh, and to touch lives. When Pastor Banks related to you what she wanted, Yes. What was that moment like? Was she in tears? Was she moved to say we must do something? Yes, yes. Uh and as a result, this program has come into place.
7: Absolutely. Uh the passion that she has for people, the passion that she has, you know, for uh us getting out there and and, and making a difference, making a change, and it brought about, you know, singing from my soul in sure. reference to uh uh getting uh, individuals to understand that this is the cause, this is the reason why we 're out here and, and, and we were, we were singing sometimes, and, and I would you know like to express the feeling that I felt you know, in doing so uh, in reference to how she felt about the program, encouraged me to want to just I mean, sometimes we were singing, i 'd be in tears, singing amazing grace. And you have people that are there, you know, on the corner, downtown, you know, closing their eyes, singing with us, and, and they are in tears. And sometimes, you know, you would have folks saying, can you please sing that song again? And it's all driven from what Pastor Rosebanks instilled in us.
2: Well, absolutely. And it seems to be the passion uh, that Pastor Banks has uh, Comes from the leadership. Absolutely, I believe if I'm hearing you right, P, a culture yes, has been created that says this is the vision. Yes, this is the purpose, and that is to make a difference. Oh, that's right. And what you're saying, ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it. This is the example of reaching out. make no mistake. This is one program. Uh, we have a huge list of programs wherewith uh, Pastor Banks has put her mark to say we must be different yes we can talk about change but change does not happen without a leader leading the way and one question Willie on this in 1994 Pastor Banks lost her husband of 34 years I think what is amazing to me The passion and the vision never lifted.
7: Never.
2: She lost her sons to a wrongful conviction, which we'll get into that, how she became a champion for justice uh, in regards to a lot of these things. Yes. You've observed Pastor Banks at the most critical times when trouble, when persecution, when lies and untruths are told. What does it tell you when you look at Pastor Banks and she's not faltering at the vision of what she must do?
7: I see strength. I see a rock. I see stability. I see integrity. I see a warrior. I see someone that doesn't waver, doesn't doubt in the fact that what she set out to do her purpose that she is on course that she's steadfast in the belief and everything that has taken place the fact that you know we have the ordeal with you know uh the persecution and 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 the the deal with the irp6 if i may if i may say and she is that glue, if you will, that holds things together, that makes sure that no one is falling off, no one is losing confidence, no one is losing uh, uh, trust, if you will, because faith. her faith, absolutely, absolutely, because of the because of the fact that, and she's in, she's the heart of
2: it. She's the heart of it, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think what stands out most is that. And P, I appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, if you had one thing to say as a result of the outreach that you do, yes, uh, they say giving to others and helping others is always a better blessing than, than receiving. Yes. As a result of Pastor Banks' vision, what's the impact that it has had on your life going forward?
7: Selflessness. She's a selflessness person, and that's what she teaches us. You know, don't think of yourself or think, uh, think of others, think of others, think of others, think of how can I help someone else? You know, if it means that I'm going to be without, or, or or there's a lack there for me as a person to help someone else, then so be it because that's what she does.
2: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Willie, thanks for that. And as you heard it folks from here, the outreach program, Willie P and a group of Young men singing in the, in the holiday season uh, when times of sadness are prevailing. Pastor Banks said, we will do something on my watch that would ensure that people's lives will be touched in a very unique way. And uh, we're just getting started here on AJC Radio. Willie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having uh, me. Just a brief, folks. We're just getting started as we honor the legend and a woman of example, Pastor Rose Banks and the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, as they continue... To reach out To change a nation Well there you have it folks Uh, uh, Awesome uh, Interview Some good things happening As we said at the onset of this program Uh, What a way uh, Dennis to encourage people through music, through uh, lifting hearts, and it leaves you at a loss for words uh, of just how much outreach is important, how much community is so important. Uh, And leaders uh, as a whole need to be connected and in touch with that purpose, Uh, and Pastor Banks seems to be definitely in touch with that on every angle that we look at tonight and what we've looked at in this entirety. There is a connection of truth a connection of a heart that makes these things operate like a, a smooth operating train. And I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of people to run it in, run a, run a train or whatever, but I guess what, when it's all all, the, all things on all cylinders working, what do you have? You have great results, and I think that's what's happening here uh, with Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, we thank Willie P. for that interview. Uh, he was very emotional as well. Uh, this is a culture, as I said before, that's happening uh in this country uh and i'll tell you what pastor banks is that the she's the engine driver if you will of that and we appreciate uh that outreach and the lives that have just been touched these are things uh lisa that i think that are going to be felt probably from for generations to come when you talk about uh these type of outreach programs going on your thoughts on that
3: yeah, I think it's something that's going to reach a lot of people. A lot of people are, are already being affected by it, and I think it's just going to get, become more and more, and you're going to reach more and more people with the way they're doing it.
2: That's just awesome. and uh, Folks, I'll tell you what. Uh, right now, uh, we talked about earlier um, uh, the seniors. You know, uh, Pastor Banks is 71 years old, and uh, I don't know how much you appreciate being called a senior, but Pastor Banks is a senior, uh, but a very strong one. Uh, and has an understanding of what it means to be treated unfairly, what it means to be targeted. Uh, You can't be a pastor and see a lot of people uh, throughout the years of ministry, you see a lot of people that are hurting, that have been damaged, if you will, and mistreated. We know this in our communities. Our senior citizens are forgotten. Uh, They're kind of just treated like they just don't matter anymore. Uh, I remember we were uh, uh, actually in an airport. Uh, traveling somewhere and there was a senior citizen that couldn't hardly walk uh had a walker of some sort but he was struggling so bad so hard to try to walk and the people just treated him like yeah man get out the way sit down you know and until you see when you see it it is so heartbreaking uh and as a pastor over 35 years here you have to see a lot of pain on a lot of people's faces and the senior citizens of this country how they are treated is an absolute disgrace uh this particular program uh pastor banks and the college church started was to reach out to seniors to make seniors feel like you know what you are somebody uh you do matter exactly you do matter and we're going to go to that interview we were had the opportunity to interview uh two ladies who actually were part of this program and i'll tell you what folks it's amazing uh and we said before on every facet on every hand on every issue uh, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and his pastor wants, seems to be in the mix about making a change. Let's hear that interview right now. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, as we are sitting here honored. All I can say is wow to Pastor Rosebanks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, 35 years of service. And it reminds me. Of the members of Congress that we talk to, except at a higher level, that Pastor Banks has a vision for people. And that's what we're hearing a heart for people. I have found that whenever one sets out to do something to make a difference in society, they are the most criticized, they are the most ridiculed, they are the most uh, lambasted, they are the most talked about. And that's for one reason. Something is happening that's making a difference. If you go back in history, every person that made an impact suffered huge persecution, including Jesus Christ. Pastor Banks is no exception. And as I said earlier in our segment with Willie P., the fire is still burning. At 71 years old, Pastor Banks has spent over 50 years in ministry. Seeing what life she could touch, what difference could she make, what pain could she take away? As we live in a world where people are cold and cruel, Pastor Banks in Colorado Springs Fellowship Church has risen above the fray to make a difference. Joining me right now is Barbara McKenzie and June Wright, uh, two ladies that are um, involved with the outreach program for seniors. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, about that. Welcome, ladies, to the program. Thank you so much oh, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. you.
6: For having okay,
2: us. and uh, ladies, uh, I, I'm really impressed. As I, we were talking offline uh, about the impact of Pastor Banks to do what she is doing, Barbara, um, Pastor Banks came to you with a vision because she saw a problem with the way our seniors were being treated. Tell us what you felt in that moment and what did Pastor Banks relate to you of the importance of helping seniors in society today?
6: Well, Sister Rose has such a passion that when she talks to you, you feel her her heart because she's a giver and she has seen how the country generally treats seniors. They are um, treated as second, third, fourth class people. Uh, Other countries uh, respect them more than the United States does, unfortunately. And uh, because they are looked down, she wanted to make them feel special.
2: Well, hold on right there. She went out of her way to make people feel special Mm -hmm. that may have been mistreated. Mm Mm-hmm. How long have you seen that vision from Pastor Bates?
6: Oh, goodness. Uh, I have been with the, the church for over 20 years.
2: And you've never and seen that waiver?
6: Oh, no. Oh, no. And whatever she sees uh, that is lacking, any need, especially when it comes to people, her heart goes out.
2: And thus, the church is propelled into into instituting that change, and as I said, uh this is a culture mm-hmm. that has been created there June you've seen some things over the years with pastor yeah. banks uh this senior outreach uh you two ladies are seniors, though you look like teenagers uh you you ladies, thank you, uh,
6: thank you. Uh, <laughs> the checks in the mail <laughs>
2: so listen to me, you ladies. Seem very emotional as, you, as, oh. as far as you were sharing. Joe, share your vision of Pastor Banks, uh, what she has said, and it sounds like she is uh, tirelessly pressing that this thing be carried out.
0: Yes. Uh, what really struck me is how uh, Pastor Rose wants us to feel good about ourselves as seniors. She wants us to feel that we have value, that we have something to offer, Because like Barbara said, seniors, people, you know, you're old, take a seat, sit down, shut up. Mm -hmm. You don't need to work. You don't need to drive. But she wants us to feel good. I remember when we had senior birthday parties. There were some seniors that had never had a party. And she brought Mm -hmm. seniors together, other seniors, and there was one senior who was honored per month or every Mm -hmm. other month or so. Mm And there was a theme, and we were just like little kids, having fun. We had games and presents, and it was so nice that she would even uh, come up with that idea that a birthday party would mean so much to people of age, Mm -hmm. and it was very nice. Um, And we also had uh, sleepovers, which were nice wanted her little house.
2: pizza hot dogs and Kool-Aid. Oh no,
0: we had good food. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, that was good food for me. Yes, huh?
0: yes.
1: Yeah. But wow.
0: it's just so nice how she would come up with ideas like that that mm-hmm. would impact our lives mm-hmm. because it may, it makes us feel good. It makes us know that we're loved, mm-hmm. we're cared about, mm-hmm. and she's there for us. In all aspects of our lives, she wants to make sure that we're okay Mm -hmm. and we feel good and everything's good.
2: Well, I think what's amazing here is that that simply does not reside in the building. This is about reaching out Mm -hmm. in the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, What type of uh, events did Pastor Banks Institute in regards to reaching seniors outside of the church? Mm -hmm. What steps did she take to ensure what she imparted in you would be imparted in those people as well as a church and as a pastor?
6: Some of the things, uh, for example, the ice cream social uh, at some of the senior uh, living facilities. Uh, She would have them uh, sing and just have them. She always wanted them to to feel good, uh, uh, to feel important. And so the ice cream socials, she would have the different... uh, Flavors of ice cream, and uh, they could choose, you know, little, wow. things, little that, things that, you know, matter. that uh, ordinary people they say, well, that's not much, but to a senior, that's Absolutely. important. Wow.
2: I'll tell you what, folks, uh, seems to me, I'm sure there was a lot of emotion there Uh-oh. because love does that.
6: That's
2: right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Rosebanks, don't believe the rumors mm-hmm. or the lies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pastor Banks is who she says she is, and more. Mm-hmm. And this is amazing to me. Um, and this, this information needs to get out to the community, that everybody says all pastors, they don't care about community. All they care about is lying in their pockets. Not Pastor Rose Banks. Mm-hmm. And the little things, the little things, Barbara, as you alluded to, that mean so much And it's just labeled with love. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Rose Banks is showing that example. Um, I can tell it's affected your lives in a very positive Mm -hmm. way. Uh, What gives you the drive to reach? Is it because of what you feel as a senior, that you are somebody, that you are special, that we have to share this with the world Mm -hmm. and have Pastor Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship? Um, take those steps to ensure that that everybody feels that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that's a huge community event uh, that reach as we talk tonight about reaching out in community and giving back. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, and again, these are, this is just one. Mm -hmm. And there's a list of things that pastor Mm -hmm. banks and Colorado Springs fellowship church (laughs) has gone to. Is there anything else you wanted to share about pastor banks in this senior outreach program, how diligent she is, and making sure no one drops the ball here, but that this continues even beyond her legacy once she has gone home.
6: Well, <clears throat> she is such an example to the church, to anybody. And to, uh, you can see her passion reflected in the church. The church, uh, the people in the church are givers, and that comes from her heart.
2: Oh, absolutely! That's awesome. Go ahead, Barbara.
6: So, I I really uh, it it will continue on in the hearts of others that she has touched. So uh, that's where the whether she's here or not, uh, we will feel her presence because of the impact she's had in so many lives.
2: That's awesome, and so she's created. A, as we said earlier, uh, uh, a culture
6: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and a culture as you know, is very hard to change it's true, but a culture in a good way there's no need to change it it's it's to continue and June, any closing remarks about Pastor banks and this outreach, other things that you'd like to share in regards to the senior outreach program?
0: yes, there was um, she had something called time of your Life where seniors came in and they had ch- ate off china plates and they had um, crystal, and I'm sure some of them never had that before, yeah, and that, before, that was community community-wide. Mm-hmm. They were wow. people that came from senior living facilities, and they would come in, and they would all have a good time, and there were singers to sing to them, servers to serve them.
7: Wow. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, they just felt special for the day.
7: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: So what do you we say have, to that?
0: Yeah, something uh, again, great is going on here.
2: Pastor Banks, without her, this doesn't happen. No. And it's not talked about. But we're going to talk about it here on AJC Radio as <clears throat> this week is a special dedication to Pastor Rose Banks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church doing some things, giving back to community, which is where change begins. And we're seeing that in a very big way here with Pastor Banks and Colorado Fellowship Church. June, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for uh, having me. We appreciate me. that and continue your good work as you reach out to touch seniors across this country and this community. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, folks, there you have it. Another example of outreach by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, Pastor Rose Banks. Wow, wow, and wow again. Uh, William, I see the smile on your face. And uh, what's your thoughts as you hear that? And what a beautiful uh, uh, way to speak, as Barbara did, about what she's doing, the little things that matter. You have to be connected to people and a heart for people to know, look, it's not always the big things, the little things. Down to the flavor of ice cream, giving seniors a choice. I'm not coming in with just regular old vanilla and that's just the meal of the day. We're going to give you a choice of every good tasting ice cream and uh wow does that speak to the heart and the the personal touch if you will of pastor bank i tell you you know you had to be
5: you had to get excited about that i mean you think about having a you know a ice cream social you know a sleepover or something like that and takes you back to your childhood and i mean it was
2: that was i mean that was exciting to me no absolutely and folks uh that's where it gets started but you know what we want to talk about right now barbara and june thank you so much uh, Barbara and June, uh, for talking to us and giving us that vision, if you will. You really took us on a trip, on a field trip there, and, and really made it real for us, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, but we want to talk about uh, another thing that uh, Pastor Banks did at Color Springs Fellowship Church. Reaching out to law enforcement here in this community, uh, this is what steps were taken here. and you tell me how normal this is. I haven't seen Fortune 500 companies. Do what I'm getting ready to tell you right now for law enforcement in the area. We're talking about Pastor Banks took it upon herself when all of the Michael Brown situation was going on. The division in communities with law enforcement and community uh, was really, really bad. Uh, Pastor Banks had a vision to do one thing. Let's bring communities together. Let's let law enforcement know, look, one bad apple doesn't ruin all of you. There's some good police officers. There's some good sheriffs out there. And Cliff, my understanding is Pastor Banks went as far as to listen to this folks, bring and cater in lunch for the entire Sheriff's Department of El Paso County and the entire Colorado Springs Police Department. Lunch.
4: Yes. Both both agencies. All the police in the city. All the sheriffs. Okay. Uh, deputies in the city. Listen
2: to me, and look, folks, if you've been in Colorado Springs for a while, there was a place called the Hamburger Stand that gave you 29-cent hamburgers. With that number and that number of people in a department to feed would still be quite pricey. We're not talking Hamburger Stand, folks. And by the way, it was pretty good eating back then in the day, but (laughs)
4: Cliff, talk to the folks of what, I mean, you're talking about sides. Well, I mean, you're talking about the entire gambit. I mean, anybody who uh, knows how Colorado Springs Fellowship and Pastor Rose Banks does business, there is no, okay, we're going to come in and and you're going to get some warm bologna sandwiches on, uh, on stale bread. That's not the way it happens. Uh, and if, you know, you you look at the size of the Colorado Springs Police Department, and I can only find numbers from 2008. There were 687 police officers in 2008. So this is 2016. Now, I'm sure those numbers have grown. Wow. But you're talking about the entire police department and the entire sheriff's department. department. So if we just say, you know, let's just say 750 just to be uh, conservative. For each department, roughly. Yeah, just, let's just say 750 total, just to be really, really conservative. Okay. You're talking about food. Uh, drinks. Drinks. Sides. and Everything provided for the entire police department and the sheriff's department. Tell me well, wow. what other church and what other community—I mean, find me some stats where a church has reached out to local law enforcement and said, we're going to do this for our police officers— just so they know so they understand that you know we as a community we are not we're with you you know every you know with the with the freddie grays and the uh you know things that happened in ferguson and and uh you know everything that went on pastor rose bank said we want the we want our law enforcement to know we are with you we are not against you we will help to uh stand with you in the time of trouble because that is what a church is supposed to be about standing with the community and for the community to ensure that uh, that that camaraderie wow. is there. And the the police officer said, you know, they had never experienced anything like that. They had never had uh, any other organization in the in the community reach out to them like that to make them understand that in the, in troubled times that they were still appreciating. They said it it, it meant much more than they could ever express. That That's during awesome. that time. That someone reached out to them instead of lashing out, saying, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to be just like Ferguson. This is, this, is, this is unbelievable. At a time when fear was not only in the hearts of the communities
2: across this nation, in the hearts of police officers, not knowing if they would live or die. The next day, you have a pastor in a church says, look, we want to make sure that you know we appreciate you, that without you, we would be in trouble and again, it goes to the statement I made earlier about Pastor Rose and, and College of Brother Church. They continually go a step further, and a step further, which raises the question and we're going to get into in the next segment. How do you attack and target such a huge outreach that is impacting a community? That makes no sense to me. We've, did, we've done our very best, folks, tonight to bring in And to try to explain to you the pure motivation by Pastor Banks is love. It is always the other person. It is always the person that's hurting. It is always the person that feels like there is no way out. And if that is not an example of leadership, I don't really know what is. And the best way to sum all of that up is to share with you a writing. It can't be said any better than this. The purpose, Pastor Rose's bank's purpose, in an afternoon devotion, just between her and God, this writing was born. Let's hear it. My purpose was always being the one to make it possible for others to do to live and to have and enjoy at any cost. Walking by faith, not only for me, but to have faith for those who would never have faith for themselves. Believing God for my dreams, but most of all, believing for others, for their dreams, and also inspiring them to dream. Sometimes showing others how to dream and to dream big, and then build a ladder for them to climb, only realizing I had Uh, to lead in the climb helping you believe you could have your dreams and doing my best when you felt you could not reach them and reaching them for you and giving them to you hoping for you when you could not hope for yourself giving birth to ideas and suffering the pain to bring it forth so you could have the joy of touching it and living it being creative for you and in doing so inspiring your creativity to be enhanced no matter how small it was believing in you so you could believe in god and in yourself being your feet to help you walk being your eyes so you could see the dream and your hands so you could feel it taking the difficult path so you could not fear the challenges ahead doing with less so you could do with more Always making a sacrifice so you would be inspired, no matter how little you may have. Standing so you would understand that you could also stand. Leading by example so you would have knowledge to know what to do. Finding the candle and lighting it for you and holding it high so you could see. Making it, regardless of the difficulty, so you could be his hand extended to make your dreams come true. Sowing so you could reap, digging to give you treasure, reaching higher so you could reach high, sowing tears so you might reap laughter, suffering need that you might not have one, having less so you could have more, spending time alone with God so you could feel his surrounding love, laying foundations so you could build great things, embracing the promises for you to lay hold on them, doing first so you could believe that you could too. Drinking the bitter, so you could enjoy the sweet. Enduring the pain, so you may experience the joy. Suffering that you might be blessed. Experiencing many things, so I could better understand how I can help you. Being misunderstood, so that I would understand you. Sometimes losing, but helping you to experience the joy of finding him. Experiencing unusual tiredness that you might have a greater reward. Willing, being crushed that God may give you the best. Showing you Jesus and how much he really loves you. Being abased so you could be exalted. To gladly spend and be spent for you. Not for my own profit, but for your gain. To feed you spiritual food so there would be no lack. Remaining strong that I might help bear your infirmities nourishing you comforting you and being kind to you being a good steward and a lover of hospitality standing in the gap for you making up the hedge that you might be spared many things to have many sleepless nights and endless hours of prayer and of fasting that you might be strong and may continue to abound in all things to cease not day and night to warn you to try and help you stay on the right path, to be your servant that you might benefit, allowing death to work in me but bring life to you, to remain poor yet making many rich, to be as having nothing yet possessing all things that you may profit. My purpose in the end was you. Pastor Rose Banks, Thursday, August 1st, 1996. Well, there you have it. I would like to say tonight to our listeners around the world, you've heard only a poor illustration of who Rose Banks really is. We've tried our best in our frailty to present to you Pastor Banks' Colorado Springs Fellowship Church in the best way we could, and we have not done it justice on any level. But we say to unite in that attempt, we have shown you a warrior, a champion of love, and what it means to give back and to never stop. Pastor Rose Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship has set the bar above all else in demonstrating God's love to a nation and to mankind as a whole tonight we salute Pastor Banks and we say take a vow thank you for your service that makes this world a better place we'll be right back But well, ladies and gentlemen, this serves as a personal invitation to you. Let's Talk kicks off July 12th at 7 p.m. at 451 Winshine Place. The new acclaimed series on A&E, 60 Days In, will be the topic. Featuring Sheriff Jamie Knoll talking about the impact this new series is having, not only around the nation, but in his personal life. Join us Tuesday, July 12th at 7 p.m. For further information, call 855 529 four two five two extension seven one zero. We'll see you then
8: the United States houses more human beings in prisons than any other country in the world. This is true whether you're counting total numbers or in relation to population size. This wasn't always the case. The number of prisoners in the US began to rise dramatically in the nineteen seventies. So what changed in America compared to other countries? While there are several competing theories, a look at the data reveals that a significant part of the prison growth in the last 40 years has been driven by the war on drugs. Here's the data. By 1980, there were over 315,000 prisoners in state and federal facilities. 57% were violent offenders, 30% were property violators such as thieves or those convicted of fraud, 5.5% of inmates were in for public order and other miscellaneous offenses. And the remaining 7.5% were nonviolent drug law violators. Ten years later, the drug war had grown, and the total American prison population had more than doubled to over 740,000 inmates. The proportion of offenders in each type of crime had also changed dramatically. The most growth occurred in the nonviolent drug offender population, which grew to a significant 24%. And this last statistic actually understates the influence of the drug war on prison populations. Many studies have shown that drug prohibition causes violent crime by leading to the formation of gangs and cartels. And thus it is safe to say that the number of violent criminals under prohibition is higher than it would otherwise be. From 1990 to 2000, the drug-driven population growth continued. By 2000, the total prison population had almost doubled again to over 1.3 million inmates. And by 2010, the prison population was up to 1.6 million people. The growth has started to settle and even decline in recent years, but the proportions of offenses are retaining their post 1990 levels. America's unique methods of enforcing drug prohibition seem to parallel its unique prison population. And one has to ask, is our country really better off with so many nonviolent drug offenders behind bars? Are drug users likely to be cured from addiction by being locked up? Has locking up dealers and users lessened the demand for drugs? Certainly the effects on overall usage could not be called a success. And yet we spend billions every year on this war and lock up hundreds of thousands. Surely there must be a less costly approach to addressing drug use in America.
2: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen of America. And if you're wondering if explosives or fireworks have gone off, make no mistake about it. Tonight they have here at AJC Radio, but in a in a celebra- celebrating way, if you will, that I use the proper word, as we approach the Fourth of July for Independence. And tonight, Dennis, we've learned something very clear: freedom and independence comes and is motivated by one thing, somebody stepping out and doing something, as we've heard all tonight, Pastor Rose Banks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, doing just that, and uh, now we go into a different part of this discussion, uh, and we want to make it clear, very very clear, before we go into that, we don't want to leave this off, Uh Springs Fellowship Church, Pastor Rose Banks actually reached out to the fire department as well, we're not just talking about law enforcement, we're talking about uh, public service if you will, servants who fight fires and do all those good things, uh, actually reached out to them, William. Is that correct? That's correct. Um,
5: they actually, the church, led by the pastor, actually uh, fed stations, delivered food, and the same thing, catered by you know, lunch to two fire stations a month. And I believe that program went on for a while. And there's 20-plus uh, stations in Colorado Springs. Are you kidding me? And so you give or take, you know, maybe five, five or six you know, uh, members there and they're there, you know, these guys are running uh 24 hour Oh, Absolutely.
2: And so to cater it, bring all the food there. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. No, oh, that's awesome. And, uh, I believe what was the other one? It was the, uh,
5: um, it was, uh, we also, uh, they also had the AMR, which is the ambulance ambulance response. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah. Emergency response. So the guys that actually are being called the paramedics, so they had, um, they had food actually taken to them as well, so it was one of the, one of the one of the many programs that you know she thought of that wow. you know by people that are out here that are you know you don't think about them until you know harm has
4: happened you know when yes, you call that, them
2: that, you know what folks you know
5: what do
4: you, if, you know what, uh, hey. Lamont with the with the uh, you know the EMT the emergency medical the tech uh, also Colorado Springs Fellowship would go down to the uh, local hospital and take food to the nurses. You yeah, because you know nurses, within all that they do, and see, most people don't think about this. You think, well, they're in a hospital, you know, they're uh, taking care of people, make sure they are saving lives, but the cry of nurses is that they don't have time to take lunch. They don't have time to go, you know, go out, get something, you know, a decent meal. Colorado Springs Fellowship, under the behest of Pastor Rosebank, took lunches and and food snacks fresh fruit uh vegetable trays uh you know the buttery croissant roll and took and stocked the break room so that the nurses would have delicious foods to eat during their shifts.
2: that is the okay look folks, i'm going to tell you right now an angel must have fell from heaven uh pastor banks hang on there look you can say what you want folks You know, we wanted to just end that segment and go there. But guess what? When you're doing that much good, you just don't have the time to get it all in. And I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Lisa, I believe there was a step as well. This was something that happened way back. Uh, I believe Pastor Banks uh, actually uh, brought in an entire group of maids from the city. Yes, she did. Bashed them did. and put on a lunch and made them and feel like them. queens. Is that yeah, correct? She,
3: she did it to honor them because they do hard work and they're not appreciated. She's always looking to show the people who don't get any appreciation that they are appreciated. And after, uh, early in her life, doing the same work, she felt for them because she knew how much people disregard them and how much they're not appreciated for, her, for the hard work that they are doing.
2: That's just awesome, man. You know what? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, does that give you a good feeling? It really does. It makes you feel real good and fuzzy, uh, all inside and out. You feel good about that because guess what? We still haven't scratched the surface, and we're moving on again. But we were not going to leave that out as the the good works and random acts of. You know what? You watch TV shows where folks did do random acts of kindness, and I'll tell you right now, I haven't seen anything that touches. Well, Carl Springs Fellowship Church and Pastor Rose Banks have done. I'm just going to be honest with you. And uh, this is stuff that is over the top. And, uh, and we thank Pastor Banks for the culture uh, that she has actually placed in this city and among her parishioners there. That's absolutely amazing, doing some good things. And as we talk about that, uh, let's go into why. That's a very serious question. Why would Pastor Banks become a target of a frivolous prosecution against the IRP6, why do you bother someone that's doing such good things? Why, what is the motive? The motive has to be completely uh, unsubstantiated. It has to be what you set out to do was simply cruel and without justice nowhere in the picture. Dennis, as you think about the IRP6 being targeted, David Banks, Dave Zappolo, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, Gary Walker... These folks targeted, they happen to be members of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church. How do you use a church to administer such injustice? How do you target a pastor to target this type of injustice? With the impact that has been made in this community, how do you do it? How do you lay your, bed, your, your head on your pillow at night and sleep after doing such a horrible thing? horrible thing then it's your thoughts on that as we go into the conspiracy effect of messing and harassing this pastor who's done nothing but go to church and preach and incorporate goodness and kindness into a community at the level that she has help please help me understand that i, I, I wish i could give you an answer uh, i doubt they're sleeping well at night at all i mean uh, to for this type of injustice to take a uh a pillar
7: in the community and try to crush
2: it oh, and right. all that, and all that she stands for. And then to go from her to her parishioners and, and, and to, to, to try to wreak havoc in their life. And in this, this case, uh, they think they did, but in the end, you know, it all come out, but uh, I wish I could tell you Lamont, how someone could do that. Uh, that's beyond me. That's heartless. Uh, that's true corruption at its highest. Well, uh, I, 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 I can never answer that question. Well, I'll tell you what. When you come in to destroy such a, a benefit to the community, at least True. attempt to, True. Uh, you're not going to stop it. Right. But the fact that you would even think to make an attempt to cr- all the good things we've talked about, all the great things, all of the tears, all of the hugs, all of the mo- motivation, all of the self-esteem, everything to lift up a community. To come in and say we want to destroy it, do you understand the lives that you seek out to destroy? The military families that are impacted, that young man that gets that $1,000 and says, man, I was having such a hard time. I didn't think anybody cared. What about that person? What about that veteran? What about that senior? What about that student that has school supplies now? As
1: we take a
2: look, are you kidding me? That you would do this to a community, to a child, to a senior, to a past. Look at the number of people that are affected wow. by injustice. Cliff, when you hear that, I, I tell you what, it gets me really, mm. really. And I think our listeners are going to feel the same way. How do you do it? That tells you the condition of the justice system in this country right now that you can strip babies out of the arms of their fathers and send these men to prison, the IRP6, and never think twice.
4: Absolutely. I mean, you look at it's like what extent will you go to? Will a corrupt prosecutor, a a corrupt judge, what extent will you go to uh, when you're going after somebody? You know, what type of uh, vendetta do you have that when you see all the good that a person does, that that inspires you, not in a good way, but to go after them in a corrupt way? That is the type of thing that uh, you just cannot comprehend. How is it that seeing somebody do good inspires you to do wrong? That 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 is, that is makes absolutely no sense. It's supposed to be the other way around. But it shows uh, where the so-called American so-called justice system, the people it's, who are it's, it's in corrupt. it, I mean, when they're corrupt, they are corrupt through and through. A, a, a prosecutor and a judge that would go to any extent and nothing moves them. No, no good, uh, you know... Even seeing a proper intent, I mean, how do you, how do you say a person committed a crime without, without an intent to do that? That is supposed to be what the law is. Well, but, you know, when you're corrupt, you're corrupt and it doesn't matter well, what the truth
2: is. Well, look at this. You have uh, not only now the church that we've talked about and the pastor we've talked about for the entire program. Now you have this church, their rights as a religious institution. Now you've got the FBI going into bank accounts of this church. Of this pastor. There's no red flag that, oh, my God, there's a smoking gun. We believe this is happening. You didn't find any wrongdoing on this pastor or on this church because there is no wrongdoing in it. That's right. So for five years, you go into their bank account? You go into their bank account for five years. And without subpoena. Without subpoena, without any legal right to do so. And you know what? You had to look pretty stupid when you find out that the church, oh, I'm sorry, what did you find? Oh, you found somebody feeding the homeless. You found somebody feeding law enforcement. You found somebody reaching out to senior citizens. You found somebody giving uh, uh, money to, for, to help struggling families with school supplies. You found somebody pr- providing school supplies for an entire school. Oh, I'm sorry, did, did you expect to find anything else? Now they look stupid, so, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? We found nothing. Well, let's get the R.P. 6. Wow. How sick is that? That's sick. William, your thoughts?
5: You know, as you sit here, I listen to you guys, and it really makes you mad. Because when somebody's out there really doing good, I'm talking about really trying, looking for opportunities to impact somebody's life, and you try to tear it down. That's what, I mean, that right there really bothers me, and I, I don't know how to explain it. But when you, the, the type of person that is wound that way, so cold and so callous, that they look at somebody that is doing good and would willingly do good for them and to them, and you want to tear them down? That's your mission in life? That's what you say I'm going to become obsessed with, tearing down this person, manufacturing, trying to manufacture something to make this person look bad. Well, in this case, they had nothing. They will never have nothing. And so now you go after these guys. You go after these guys. You rip them away from their family wrongfully. I mean, this is, this is sick at a whole new level.
2: Yeah. I-
1: I, I mean,
5: I can't, I can't really understand this kind of mentality. I mean, I think it probably borderlines something of. I, I don't know, I don't know. There's some, there's something psychologically wrong with
2: these people that could, that is, that would do this kind of thing. Well, and you find out in, within prosecutions in this country, uh, uh, the prosecution can know you're innocent, know it. Oh yeah. Know without a doubt. Oh, they didn't do this, but you know what? I'm going to get a win. And I'm going to do it anyway. We have left the, the rule of law. We have left what we call justice. We have left the truth, which is what we should be focusing on in, in prosecutions. Uh, it was clear
4: that the IRP6 did nothing wrong.
8: Nothing. Clear.
2: And every person we talk to, where's the crime? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the crime. We go talk to attorneys in Washington, D.C., who have been attorneys for years in D.C.
4: And even uh, former prosecutors that say they look at the trial transcript, they look at the, uh, at the search warrant, they look at the, the, uh, the indictment, and their question is, where's the crime? How did this make it to court? How did a judge ever accept this?
2: Well, members of Congress, Cliff, are asking that question.
4: What is going on here? What is going on
2: here... Uh, again, a, a, a dominant attorney in D.C., higher Islam, if you will, of attorneys in D.C. Her entire firm came back to us after reviewing the, the documents we gave them and said, we have searched through this, these documents. As a firm, we cannot find a crime. We have retired federal judge Mary Elizabeth Bullock. At the privilege of talking to and, and hopefully will be on our show on Tuesday, she said she has never seen a miscarriage of justice on this level. She said it sounds like to her the case was completely a hundred percent political. That's a whole other. That's exactly, a whole that, that, discussion. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's big. You know, wow. you know what I mean? And, she's, and when
4: you have when yes. you have judges making those, this is a, second federal, federal, judges, yeah. yes. a second federal federal judge. This is second federal judge. So you have you have federal judges saying there is no crime. This is a miscarriage of justice, and. I mean, it leaves you speechless because if a judge can come to this conclusion, then what is wrong with the prosecutor? And what's wrong with uh, Judge Christine Arguello, who presided over the case, who let it come to trial and who just totally stripped away justice and due process from the IRP 6? This is this is totally insane. And uh, it's but like you said, Lamont, now you uh, there's members of Congress who are looking at it, coming to the same conclusion. And saying, you know, something needs to be done about. We have not – and this is, no, this is not an exaggeration, folks.
2: Every person – Cliff, you've been with me on the Hill. Lisa, you've been with me on the Hill. They're, they're in the hallway. Sometimes they couldn't even talk to us in the office. The guy's in the hallway putting his hands over his head. What? He said this case gets more and more bizarre.
4: Every, every time they every, talk to us Every time they get some more information And this is not from us just saying Okay, well we're taking one piece of information This is They're information that we've taken And, you know, uh, judicial counsel Has come back and said You know what, on my on my train ride home An hour, two hours I went over this documentation That you guys sent me I went over these case files And this is the sickest miscarriage of justice I've seen well. I mean, These are attorneys <laughs> yeah. that work for Members of Congress. You right. don't you don't get any more uh, savvy than that when it comes to the law. And if they're not finding a crime, how did it, how what? did prosecutor assistant U.S. attorney Matthew Kirsch find one? I mean, it demands action. Uh,
2: uh, and we will continue to seek and ask that demand. Rather, we're not asking, we're demanding for action to be taken in this case uh, because it is the right thing to do. Uh, these, are, these are troubling times, ladies and gentlemen, that we, ha- that we live in in this country right now. And we've said it once, we'll say it again. It can happen to anyone. That's the point. If you think you're immune to, a, well, you know, I, uh, I live a good life, I go to work, I come home, I do this and do that, and guess, basically there's no problem. And then you woke up. Because that's not reality anymore in this country. It is not reality. We're talking six men. Who are they? Dave Zappolo, Demetrius Harper, David Banks, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, Gary Walker, patriots of America, former veterans of this country that said, you know what? I went to ground zero and I saw devastation that was at the point that it troubled me to embrace the entrepreneur spirit and say, not on my watch, no criminal record ever in trouble with the law. None of them. Are you kidding me? Crazy. So if you think it cannot happen, the IRP6 are the living witnesses that it can.
5: That's the truth. And I'll tell
2: you right now, folks, we will never stop seeking for justice. And here's the kicker that we talked about the other night on this program. These six men hold the key to stopping a terrorist group named ISIS through software that has been developed by these six patriots. And you tell me how insane is it to, to, to you and to anybody listening tonight when we got the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security on every ne- every network Cable network, news network out there saying, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to be next? We don't know. Something's wrong. When the answer resides at a federal prison in Florence, Colorado, that housed the IRP-6, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And I'll tell you what, when you break it down like that, there's going to come a time the American people are going to say, wait a minute. You're telling me you have a solution? We have a solution where I go to bed and have to double lock my doors and go to my playgrounds where my kids may be and parks where they may be and think, oh, my goodness, what if ISIS strikes next here? When you have the answer to stop them wrongfully sitting in a
5: cell that they should have never been put in. Well, you got to think, I mean, even as you're saying that, Mont, we're one moment away from a suicide bomb. Right? Well, absolutely. We are one moment away from another Orlando.
2: Well, you know, they made a statement uh, today on the news that you know what it cost to to carry out a terrorist attack that killed 40, I believe 46 people in Turkey. You know what they said the cost of that attack was? $500. Wow. Look at the damage. $500. They said it's very cheap. It's inexpensive to kill people and it's unbelievable. Somewhere along the way, the American people should be asking the question. We have the answer, and our elected officials, our administrations, the CIA, the FBI, the Homeland Security refuse, are they? Why will they not look at this software that can can change tomorrow
5: for America? Well, I mean, even today. Absolutely. The CIA director, John Brennan, believes. ISIS will attack the United States. He made it plain. He may, I, mean, I mean, this, you know, he's stating the obvious. He's getting paid to state the obvious. Everyone in this country knows this. But what are they
2: going to do well, about our safety? Well, That's it's their responsibility. Their responsibility. And it sits in Florence, Colorado. And so I, I say to the CIA director, Mr. Brennan, uh, RP-6, remember that. You want, you want this problem solved. You want lives change you want the world in a better position release the rp6 today to hold the answer to this problem the other side of the break we're coming back with what you didn't know about the rp6 folks hang in there we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen can i ask you a question Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% That is a just cause, and we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. And welcome back in, folks, to AJC Radio. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, and William Williams. Folks, this has been a night to remember. And feel free to go to AJCRadio.com, listen to this show, tell all your friends about it, tell everybody what's going on, as we have had a heck of a time tonight, shining the lights on Pastor Rosebank's Banks College Springs Fellowship Church, and, of course, the IRP6. And right now, the R.P. 6 What You Didn't Know kicks off. But just Calls has found something very interesting. A playwright by Judge H. Lee Surrigan about the R.P. 6. It starts right now. Take a look.
4: My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. My name is Gary Walker, and I'm serving a sentence of 11 years in the same prison.
2: Just the aside, not only were the six of us all devout members of the same church, there was not a single criminal charge or conviction
4: among any of
8: us until these unbelievable events unfolded. My name is Clinton Stewart, and I'm serving a sentence of 10 years at the same prison in Colorado. It's fitting that we lived, prayed, and worked together that we should end up dying together, because that is what prison is for us and our families.
4: I am... Kendrick Barnes, and I am serving a seven-year sentence at the same prison in Colorado. I was the chief information officer at IRP Solutions, the name of our company. I testified.
2: And then Gary objected a A Donnybrook broke out because Gary said our Fifth Amendment rights had been violated
4: by compelling us to testify. The judge said she had not said anything of the kind, and we demanded the transcript. We were all Absolutely, unanimous, in our verbatim version of what she had said. She denied production of the transcript for that day, and at the time, some 200 pages, but assured us that they would be produced at the end of the day. Transcript of that particular conversation in the courtroom between us and the judge has never been produced. I am Demetrius Harper. And I'm serving a 10-year sentence at the same prison. And then in June of 2009, four
8: years later, they finally got a grand jury to indict him. This time, they only called one witness, an FBI agent.
2: And the old adage that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich was proven. This is a production that sets the bar and takes a sincere look at the R.P. Six story Judge H. Lee Serekin, retired federal judge, felt compelled to say something. We will not remain silent to see the full story, the full playwright of the RP6 tragedy. Go to YouTube, search the race card. You don't want to miss it. Some people think that business is a game. And what we have learned is that business actually is war.
3: When they wanted people to find non-disclosure agreements and all that kind of stuff, sometimes they didn't want to do it. It's
8: strange to me.
5: I think it's still strange. It, does, it absolutely makes no sense. Is this really real? Is this happening?
3: And then all of a sudden, your whole life is ripped apart.
2: What we have learned is that the IRP6 story was supposed to be the American dream is an American nightmare. They were floored that uh, they were even being raided.
0: Um, it became very clear that the court appointed attorneys were not working for the guys. Um, and it, it seemed like in many cases that they were um, collaborating or working with the prosecution. We
3: constantly hear in the news, every week you're going to hear about another person wrongfully convicted. And this is a unique case in the sense that you have six men, six businessmen, that have been wrongfully convicted. You would think the media would jump all over it. Justice is not fair anymore. They say justice is supposed to be blind. It's not blind. It's not blind. They pick and choose who they want to convict and who they want to send to jail.
6: Is
2: this happening in America? The American dream of the rp 6 has turned into a nightmare. Crying children left behind as a result of a corrupt system and corruption. We will seek and search for justice. We will ask the tough questions. We will demand answers. As justice lays idle in the streets of America, we look for the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, go out to change.org, sign the petition now. America's future depends on it. Ladies and gentlemen, what you didn't know about the RP6. Who are they? Dave Zappolo, Demetrius Harper, David Banks, Kendrick Barnes, Clinton Stewart, and Gary Walker. And I'll tell you right now, something unusual is happening. They call it injustice, but it's becoming common here in America. And what you didn't know about the RP6, we focus tonight on the target factor. How did it happen? What was it about? Cliff, as we discussed, dealing with the target, dealing with the issues here they go far beyond going into a bank account without subpoena, but actually stated on the record that the target of this investigation
4: was Rose Banks. Absolutely, Lamont. Now, you look at what happened during uh, the trial of Juana Clark. The jury for, for person was a woman. When asked by the prosecutor, assistant, U.S. attorney, Matthew Kirsch, who was the target of, of this investigation? Rose Banks and Colorado Springs fellowships. He tried to, you know, push the for Well, wasn't it some other companies, you know, somebody else, this and that, and tried to push the forward uh, person over to, toward IRP Solutions. But that was already out there. Your, your target of this entire investigation was Pastor Rose Banks. But when the, uh, when the spokesman for the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in Denver, Colorado, Jeff Dorshner, when he was asked by the local station, is Colorado Springs Fellowship Church under investigation? Is Pastor Rose Banks under investigation? No, absolutely not. Never has been. So somebody's lying. Because you have 9,000 pages of church banking records that were uh, that were gathered illegally without subpoena from the from the church's bank, from the pastor's uh, bank, from several parishioners' bank. You have nine thousand pages of records that do not belong in discovery, but yet you say the church is not under investigation. How do you how do you have those records, but there is no investigation on the church? Do you honestly think yeah. that we are that stupid? Are you kidding me? It's it's like they just want you to say, well, okay, since you say so, that we're going to believe you. When all of the evidence points points to the the fact that the church is the target, the pastor is the target, and you found nothing on the church or the pastor. So you made something up on these six men that were doing business, and now you have them wrongfully convicted. But your lie to the public is... The church is not under investigation. That's not what happened. So then why do you have these records? And rest assured, they will answer to why they have those records.
2: Well, make no mistake about it, folks. We're not talking about a pamphlet, a flyer. 9,000
4: pages. That's That's
2: unbelievable.
4: That's right, and that is a violation of the Financial Privacy Act on every level.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, folks, this is why the Senate Finance Committee in Washington, D.C., under Senator Orrin Hatch, is in, in, in place. And that is for one reason, to investigate the conduct of the IRS, this type of criminal activity, it is criminal. It is, it is definitely. If you, if you read somebody's mail, if I just take your mail, a piece of mail out of your mailbox, it's a federal crime, it's a federal crime and you will be prosecuted for that. But I can go into a church's account without subpoena or court order. I can go into the pastor's account as an American citizen. I can go into members of this church, into their bank accounts, and no, absolutely no repercussions, no consequences are done. But I can take a piece of mail out of somebody's mailbox and be arrested and prosecuted and spend up to 10 years in jail. Minimum. Something is wrong with that picture. Dennis, I believe it speaks to the target factor without question. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out.
4: Not at all. Not at all.
2: I mean, i tell you. when you can do that, when you can do that, and nothing happens, something's wrong. I mean, what they did was truly wrong, and, and definitely, and then they're gonna pay for it, like you said. Oh, absolutely. We have folks, ladies and gentlemen, perpetrators of justice. The folks we're talking about here, we have their names. Lisa, the perpetrators of justice. They are U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S.
3: Attorney Matthew Kirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg. Federal Judge Christine Arguello. Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes. Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock. Appellate Judge Harris Hart. Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson. Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer. Court Reporter Darlene Martinez. FBI Agent John Smith. FBI Agent Robert Mowen. Former Federal Agent John Epke. Former Federal Agent Gary Hilberry. Attorney Thomas Goodread. Attorney Clifford Barnard. Attorney Thomas Richard, Attorney Robert Berger, Attorney Mitchell Baker, Attorney Boston Stanton Jr., Attorney Rick Cornfield, Attorney Mark Garrigo, Susan Holland of ETI Professional Services, and Samuel K. Thurman.
2: And thank you for that, Lisa. A very special thanks to Pastor Rosebanks, Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, all those that interviewed with us to put uh, the truth down on record. We thank you for joining us and thank you for the service to this community. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time here on AJC Radio as we bring the message of justice all around the world. Good night, America. Good night. Good night. You
1: something. We need good, solid leadership. That's what we need. We need the church to lead, but it doesn't. We need parents to lead, but they don't. We need siblings, older siblings, to lead, but they don't. We need people that say they're Christians to lead on our job, but they don't. In every part of society, we need leadership. We need somebody to be the light, somebody to point them to Jesus, somebody to say it's a way out of this situation. We need some people to